2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If you have it, say amen. If not, I believe it's on the screen. The word of the Lord, real quick, just to encourage you. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let me read it one more time. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And if I can just encourage you with this quick thought, it's simply, I was, but now. When I was preparing this, I wanted to, because it's such a great college of preachers here and pontificators, I wanted to open up with something really biting and gripping and how to explain the word was. But I couldn't do it. One of the reasons why is when I looked up the word was in a dictionary, the dictionary gives a very simple definition of the word was. And it simply says past tense. And then it goes on into how the word works in sentence structure, proper usage, and the etymology of the word. But after looking at it for a while, I had to realize that although the definition was simple, simple definition of the word was, it's only three letters, simple definition. But if you look at how it's used and how it's placed in a sentence, a paragraph or statement that's describing something, the word was has a major impact on our lives and our situation. Let's look at the position of the word was. This position of the word was is a current and permanent state of being of a mindset, a, a current and permanent state of being or mindset directly pointing to the passing of what used to be. Think about it. I was young. Okay. I was on my parents' insurance plan. How many pay for your own insurance now? And that's never going back. <laughs> so the position of was causes things, it speaks to and causes things that immediately are to change, positions you to the new, but reminds you of what was. Let's look at the power of the word was. The power of the word was the ability to immediately change a state of being or mindset and receive the benefits that come with it. I was sick. If you're not sick anymore, what are you? You heal. <laughs> when you look up the definition of was, it repeatedly refers to the re refers the reader to present to excuse me to present tense words like be is and are was only comes to life when the present tense words be is and are are pushed assigned or commanded to be in the past tense what's going on in your life right now that you want to be pushed assigned or commanded to be in the past tense what are you dealing with right now that if you had your way you'd push it assign it or command it to be in the past tense of your life. 
Let's look at point number one. I was blind. John 9 and 1 says, And Jesus passed by. He saw a man which was blind from his birth. If you notice, the scripture tells us that this man was blind from a baby. He had nothing to do with it. And everyone in town knew that he was blind. The young man was in a situation that he had no control over. He had no way to free himself from it. And to make things worse, he was being blamed for the situation he found himself in. If you look at the second verse of that same scripture, John 9, second verse, it says, And his disciples, meaning Jesus' disciples, his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man? his parents, that he was born blind. Everyone in the town had already decided and determined that the reason for his blindness, the reason for him not being able to see, the reason for him being in lack, the reason for him being at a disadvantaged situation, it had something to do with somebody doing something wrong. Just because you find yourself in a crippling situation or a tough spot, a dry season, a place that you can't find your way out of or you can't see where your healing is going to come from, don't let the enemy tell you that you are where you are because you sinned or you did something wrong and that God has forgotten you. The devil is a liar. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 and 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And in 2 Corinthians 2, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I was thinking of my kids when I was doing this, but go back to that scripture one time, real quick 11 and 1. Excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. It says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Look at the punctuation. Right? You have a colon followed by a closed parenthesis. Now, for those of us who know, who've been around long enough, when emojis first got started, that was actually a smiley face. That was something you put at the end of a statement to let the person know that everything is going to be all right. The Bible was using emojis long before emojis and text messages came out. When Paul wrote this, he was letting us know that don't worry about what the devil is saying to you. Don't worry about what your situation is saying to you. But if you keep walking by faith, trusting what God said and not so much what you see, everything's going to be all right. So I say to you again, we walk by faith and not by sight. Give God a praise. Don't worry about what you can't see. Just know that God, he can see. And not only can he see, he goes by his word. If you notice, God plan God's planning of your future is not by what he sees ahead of him, but he says what's going to be ahead of him, and that what comes to life for your, comes to life in your life. So it's not even about what God sees. It's about what God says, because we know that every word is settled in heaven. As a matter of fact, he created the heavens and the earth by doing what? Speaking. For the Bible says that in the beginning there was the word and there was God, and God spoke and things came to be. 
He didn't have to see the. He didn't have to see your route. He didn't have to see your pain. He didn't have to see what you were going to be going through. But he said that my child will be an overcomer if they follow after my word. That if they follow my son and let my Holy Spirit guide them, I will give them victory over each and everything. So if we trust in what God says, regardless of what we see, everything will be all right. The Bible also tells us in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. <laughs> not he was. Not that he used to be. But that he is. And that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Now what I like about the word diligent, I love this word. Because it means to be relentless, that you never give up, that you pursue something with persevering attention. But the part that I like about it is, in order to be diligent, you aren't successful at what you were going after. Because if you succeed at what you're going after, diligence stops because you've accomplished your goal. What did Paul say? Not that I have counted to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Looking past the things that are behind me, but to the things that are in front of me, I press. You don't have to get everything that you're going after. You don't have to be successful at everything you set out to do. But God said that if you diligently come after me, you may fall and trip and stumble sometimes. You may get it wrong, sin and backslide sometimes. But God said if you're diligent, if you get back up and let my blood wash you again, if you get back up and let my spirit guide you again, if you stay diligent in seeking after me, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to give you the thing that you're going after. I'm going to give you the thing that you can't seem to apprehend. I'm going to give you the thing that you can't seem to acquire. I'm going to give you the thing that you can't lay hold to. But if you keep following after me, if I move to the left, you move to the left. If I move to the right, you move to the right. No matter which way I go, if you follow me like a good soldier, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart in the name of Jesus. And that's what it means to be diligent. But if you, if you look up the word diligent, if you look up the word diligent, one of the synonyms that come up is some word that I can barely pronounce. I'm going to try it. You, uh, uh, Dr. Hab Habersham, please help me if I say it wrong. The word is assiduous. Uh, th thank you. Th thank you. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. Now, that word I have never seen nor said before. When I read it, I got afraid. It scared me. But when you look up what that word means, and it's synonymous to the word diligent, which I love, it simply means that you sit near. You sit beside. You dwell close to. <laughs> when everything seems like going wrong in your life, just get close to Jesus. When, 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 when his disciples were on the boat and it started to rock him and, and the wind started to blow and, and they were afraid and what they did was they came down to where Jesus was but they came at him complaining and accusing. I'm crazy enough to believe that if they went down there and laid on that pillow next to Jesus, the waves in their life would have ceased. 
the winds that blew their life would have ceased. That even if it didn't stop, they would have been able to catch a nap with Jesus because they would have been resting with the Savior. They would have been leaning on the everlasting Lord. They would have been in comfort with the one who comforts all. They would have been right next to the one who says that I am all-encompassing. I am the double-breasted one. I am the one who has power over all things. If they would have just got next to Jesus, if they would have just laid down next to Jesus, if they would have given up everything that they knew and everything that they saw and got next to the one who's resting himself, everything would have been all right. So even if you can't see your way out, or if you stumble and fall, or if you have to feel your way around, just stay close to Jesus, like the blind young man did. And he was rewarded. Jesus rewarded the young man because the blind young man didn't worry about what people were saying. It did, he didn't let it bother what he could see and couldn't see. All he knew was when Jesus walked past, he felt something. When Jesus walked past, he knew something. When he heard Jesus' voice, he heard healing. When he heard Jesus' voice, he heard salvation. When he heard Jesus' voice, he heard deliverance. So he said, I can't see where I'm going, but Jesus, if I could just find the hem of your garment. Jesus, I don't know where you are, but if you could just say another word, I know I'll be delivered. So when Jesus saw that young man, they came and healed that young man but then they started to berate the young man it says in John 9 and 25 he's being questioned or interrogated and this is his response he answered and said whether he be a sinner speaking of Jesus whether he be a sinner or no I know not one thing I know that whereas I was blind now I see say what you want about Jesus you can say he wasn't Mary's baby. You can say that he's not the everlasting father. You can say that he's not the king of kings. You can say all of that that you want, but all I know is that I was a wretch undone. But now God has saved me. God has washed me. God has cleaned me. I was everything but what I should have been. But God made me into what I'm going to be right now in the name of Jesus. Y'all sit down. We don't have much time left. Y'all sit down. Stop, 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 stop. The second point, I was sick. John 11 and 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. The Bible tells us that Lazarus was sick, and not only sick, but sick unto death. At some point, we have to deduce that his doctors were clueless on how to help him. Whether he had it, whatever he had, it confounded everyone around him. And it brought a feeling of helplessness to his sisters, to his family. The word goes on to tell us that it got so bad that his sister Martha sent for Jesus to come heal his friend. She didn't say, come heal my brother. She's trying to, she, 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 she's trying to edge Jesus on. She, she, she's trying, Jesus, that, that's your friend, Jesus. Don't let your friend die. Right? She's trying to obligate him. Jesus, that's your friend. Now, you say we are friends, but he the one you hang out with. If you want to heal anybody, come heal him. Heal the one that you love. But Jesus didn't budge. 
Have you ever prayed for God to come heal you or a family member and it seems like God is taking his sweet time? Today's Sunday. We can tell the truth. We can tell the truth on Sunday. <laughs> Have you ever prayed for a loved one so much and the doctor said that something is about to go wrong in the next whatever time frame and you ask God to beat that time frame and it seemed like God, his agenda just got so long he can't even see you. As if he don't even hear you. He put your prayer on hold. That prayer line that you used to get through, you had his direct number, now you on a computer. Press one for healing. Press two for salvation. Press three for deliverance. Press four if you need this in another language. Press five if you want to hear this again. And then when you press the button, I'm sorry, the line is busy. Please call back. Click. Boop. Huh? I, it's Sunday. We can be honest. Pastor, can we be honest today, Pastor Wes? Thank you. You pray and ask God for a 24-hour turnaround. And then for you theologians out there, y'all go get scripture to support your prayer. Come on, Jehoshaphat, come in the room and talk to him. Jehoshaphat prayed. They were in trouble. The Midianites were coming to get him. And he prayed. And the word came back and said, this day tomorrow, 24-hour blessing. And we quote that scripture back to God. God, you did it before. You could do it again. You did it for Jehoshaphat. Against the Midianites, Lord, it's 12.02. I don't even have 24 hours. I got 23 hours and 58 minutes. And nothing happens. Dr. David Jeremiah wrote a book, and it's called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And one of his topics of discussion is what to do when you're in a hurry and God isn't. <laughs> I think we're laughing because we know somebody that's been there. It may, may not have been us, but we know somebody that knows somebody that heard of somebody that's been there. What we have to remember is that no matter how long we stay in our bed of affliction, God is ready willing and able to heal us at any time. And he is not governed by time. He's not governed by time that we count by a clock. God moves on time that when he does it, that's the time it is. <laughs> Whenever he does it, that's the right time. Whenever he delivers you, that's the right time. The 41st Psalm verse 3 tells us, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sick bed. But watch this. Lazarus died. Lazarus died. He was sick so long that the illness took him right out of here. All the prayers that his sisters prayed and the beckoning to Jesus that was done, he died. And if we read that story, Jesus wasn't too quick to come. Even after he heard, he died. It seemed like he took his sweet time. Lazarus was dead. 
Lazarus was stinking. Lazarus was bound hand and foot with grave clothes on. And he was in the grave. But when Jesus opened his mouth and spoke, when Jesus said the right word, when Jesus showed up on the scene and opened his mouth, when Jesus spoke life into that dead situation, Lazarus being dead, notice it didn't say his eyes opened up and he saw Jesus. It says Lazarus heard. <laughs> he heard his voice. And then Lazarus didn't open his eyes to see what Jesus was. He just began to move. He began to wiggle those clothes. He began to move out of that affliction because he heard something. So what he heard caused him to say, I was dead, but now <laughs> Lazarus began to live again. We have to believe that Jesus has full control even over our dead things. Romans 4 and 17 says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Like Martha, we have to be steadfast in our belief that Jesus can do just what he said. Any and every relationship that was sick has died, Jesus can bring it back to life. Hopes that have died, Jesus can bring them back to life. Dreams, joy, peace, passion, your ministry, Jesus can bring them back to life just by speaking one word. And this is why we don't mourn as the world mourns. Because when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise first. Jesus reassured Martha as to who he is, not who he was, and what he can do for those that believe in him. John 11 and 25 says, Jesus said to her, girl, listen to me. I am the resurrection. You're telling me about death. I'm the one who brings dead things back to life. And not only am I the resurrection, I am the life. And he that believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 22-23 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming. Third point, I was in sin. Acts 9 and 1. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings. Y'all making me, y'all got to calm down. I'm up here perspiring. Amen. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings <laughs> and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest. In this passage of scripture, we see Paul before his conversion, living a life that was totally contrary to Christ. Paul was persecuting the saints. Paul was teaching against Jesus. Paul was at enmity with God. It means he was an enemy of God. He was responsible for having people stoned, put in jail, killed. Paul was living in sin. If we take a minute and think back and tell the truth, it's still Sunday. When we were in sin, I do believe that there might be three or four of you that would 
say it like I can, that I was in places I should not have been. Right? That I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. I was with people that I shouldn't have been with. I had taken some things that I shouldn't have taken. I was going after things that I should have left alone. Just like Paul, some of us, we were the best at what we did. We didn't need any training. We didn't need any professional development. We didn't need any CPE courses. Continue professional education, we didn't need them. We didn't have to go into workshops, seminars. We didn't need a mentor. We just did what we did and we were good at it. Can I get three amens? Thank you, I like y'all. But thanks be to God for a Damascus Road experience. Jesus made a special trip just to meet us right where we were. He called us out of sin, but he came to get us while we were in sin. We can't forget that. There is a call out of sin, but we have to go get them while they're in sin. Jesus didn't wait for you to clean yourself up and then come into the church. Jesus didn't wait for you to clean yourself up and then he'll give you the blessings. He didn't wait for you to clean yourself up and then say, oh yeah, now you got the promise. But no, he came, he met them, he loved them, he healed them, then he saved them. He made a special trip to meet us where we were and cleanse us of our sins and turn our lives around. Jesus knew that for all the destruction we were causing, we were only sealing our own doom. Jesus was fully aware that he himself would have to come and save wretches like us. Only his love can free us from the grip that death had on us through sin. Only his blood could cleanse us from the stain of sin. And only his Holy Spirit could seal us to a life of righteousness away from the pull of sin. Tell somebody I was, but now. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And now, because of his love for us, we live a life that has the promise of eternal peace and joy through Christ. It also says in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So what are you trying to say to us today, preacher? I'm so glad you asked. Our scripture text sums it up like this. It says, whatever we were outside of Christ must change when we're in Christ. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 one more time. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. When you look up that word in from the original text, the meaning of that word says to be complete, 
to be submitted, to be fully persuaded in, to be completely given over to, Amen. to be submitted to the pull. If we're going to be in Christ, we have to submit our lives to him. We have to acknowledge that what we were is not who he wants us to be. And not that you can change yourself. Not that you can change yourself and not based on what you see going on around you. But it's about what you've heard and it's about what you believe and the one whom you trust. When we put our trust in Jesus, the rest of that scripture says that we are now a new creature. Some translations say a new creation. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. When we give our problems, our lives, our sins, our all to Jesus, he changes our I was, but now. Tell somebody again, I was, but now. I was weak, but now I'm strong. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I was in need, but now I'm satisfied. The 23rd Psalm, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I was broken, but now I'm whole. Colossians 2 and 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. I was broke, but now I'm rich. Philippians 4 and 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I was full of fear, but now I'm full of faith. I was discouraged. But now I'm encouraged. I was bound, but now I'm free. I was ashamed by my past, but now I'm inspired by my future. I was shackled to my mistakes, but now I'm free with new life in Christ. I was covered in ashes, but now I have beauty in Christ. I was in mourning, but now I have the oil of joy. I was under the spirit of heaviness, but now I have on the garment of praise. I was blind, but now because of his amazing grace, I see. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was consumed with drugs and alcohol, but now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I was walking after the flesh, but now I'm walking in the spirit. I was living in hellishness, but now I'm living in holiness. I was an enemy of God, but now a friend of God. I was on my way to hell, but now I'm on the highway to heaven. Let me sing it for you. Let me say it like this. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Now the water from the waters, he lifted me. Now safe, now safe, now delivered, now redeemed, now blood washed, now a son, now a daughter, now an heir to his promise, 
now a joint heir with Christ, now an overcomer, now more than a conqueror, now set free, now a believer, now a witness, now a saint of God, now I'm blessed, now by his beloved, now I'm his chosen, now I'm seated with Christ for everything that I was, for everything that you were, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the case of Christ, because of the cross on Calvary, we have a but now. So for every I was, put your I was in there. I was this, I was that, I was over here, I was over there. But because Christ lifted me, but because Christ loved me, because Christ saved me, because Christ washed me, because Christ renewed me, because Christ regenerated me, because Christ justified me, because Christ loved me, but now I'm his, but now I'm his son, but now I am delivered, but now I am his chosen. Give God a praise for your but now. Give God a praise for your butt now. Give God a praise for your butt now. Watch this, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Y'all some bad boys. But watch this. Your butt now. Your butt now. It's not predicated on what you see. <laughs> your butt now is not governed by chronological time your butt now is governed by God's word your butt now is governed by what God says about you your butt now is governed by the promises of God and we know all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. So my butt now, even if I can't see it, I know I'll be it. My butt now, even if I can't see it, I know it's going to come to pass. My butt now, even if I can't see it, I know someday I'm going to walk into it. My butt now, even if I can't see it, I'll be able to lay hold to it and touch it. In the name of Jesus, my butt now, it's not predicated on what I see. I may see destruction. I may see famine. I may see lack. I may see bills. I may see sickness. I may see discouragement. But because I heard the word of the Lord, because I heard Jesus say, because I read in my Bible that I shall be an overcomer, that I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. So come principalities, come what may, for we are killed all the day long. We are led like sheep to the slaughter, but no matter the height nor depth, no matter the length or width, that I am fully persuaded that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that loved us. Give God a praise. Come on and praise him like you mean it. Praise him like you know his word is true. Praise him like you know he knows what he's talking about. Praise him like you know that whatever he says will come to pass. For he is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. That whatever he sends his word out to do, it will not come back to him void, but it shall accomplish the very thing he sent it out. So we're just waiting for the accomplishment. We're waiting for his word to come back. In the name of Jesus, give God a praise.